Hey, this is Travis Bennett, the pastor here at Arena of Life Church, and I just want to welcome you to our podcast. I pray this builds your faith, encourages you, and brings you to newer levels in Christ. Enjoy the message. Hey, while we're all still standing, let's go, let's go into the Word together this morning. Y'all excited to be in the house of the Lord? All right, six of you. I'm going to be reading to you. We're going to do something a little different. Actually, it's different to me. It may not be different to you, but I've never preached in all my life on the crossing of the Red Sea. And we, I never have. I guess I always thought that's a children's church thing that you, you know, you talk about or you watch, you know, uh, a famous show on television, the Ten Commandments of the Crossing of the Red Sea. But how many of y'all know in every story of scripture, we can be right here in the middle of this story? And pastor, you, you helped me out during camp meeting talking about impact because I began to think about all these stories of impact. And so I'm going to start a series here, People of Impact. Because how many of y'all know if God used Moses, God can use me? How many of y'all know if God used Joseph of Arimathea, he can use me? Amen. So here we are. We're going to start in Exodus chapter 13. Then we're going to go to 14. And if God moves, we'll go to 15. All right, you ready? Y'all ready for the reading of the word? Exodus 13, verse 17. It says, so it happened when Pharaoh let the people go. God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, even though it was near. For God said the people might change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. But God led the people around by the way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea. The sons of Israel went up in battle array or orderly ranks marching in formation marching formation out of the land of Egypt. Let's skip down to verse 21. It says, The presence of the Lord was going before them by day in a pillar column of cloud to lead them along the way and in a pillar of fire by night to give them light so that they could travel by day and by night. Verse 22. And he did not withdraw the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night from going before the people. Lord, we thank you for your word. We pray that it be a lamp unto our feet, that it be a light unto our path. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We'll look at your neighbor and say, this word's for you. Amen. Come on, find somebody, look them in the eyes and say, this word is for you. Praise God. Well, can you believe it? It is the last day of July. I don't know that I'm excited about that. But uh, I am excited that today we're going to baptize some folks. We're going to dedicate some babies to the Lord. And uh, we're going to go to a sod poodle game tonight. How about all that? Amen. It's going to be some fun. Well, like I said before, uh, just a while ago, I uh, just felt like the Lord put something on my heart coming out of camp meeting. We talked about making an impact, building an empire, leaving a legacy. And as I look throughout the word of God, and can I just tell you this? When I read the word of God, and I want to invite you into this space, uh, of, because if you're not careful, reading the word can get mundane. If you're not careful, you can just check off the list, well, I just read the word of God today. And, or you can, you can fall into this ditch, well, it's just a historical account. Yes, it is a historical account, but I also want to remind you, the Bible tells us, Hebrews 4.12, that it's living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. But can I tell you, even reading the word of God just with anything in your life, you can get in one ditch or the other. You can get in one ditch and take the story like the story of crossing the Red Sea and you can, you know, you can take it and say like, 
my boss is Pharaoh and I hope he drowns in Jesus' name. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you can take it to illogical extremes. And, uh, but, but can I tell you, and also too, when reading the word of God, I hear people say uh, the word of God is just you know, a love story to all his people. And I think when we say things like that, and I believe people have good intentions about the word of God when they say that, but can I tell you of reading the word of God most of my life, the word of God cannot be mixed up in just one sentence. It's so much more powerful than that. Is it a love story? Yes, but it's also a story of redemption. It's a story of grace. I'd hate to manipulate it and put it into one single column because and, and what I like to do, I don't know if you guys have picked up on this, I like to read the word like I've never read it before. So like reading this particular story, The Crossing of the Red Sea, I've seen the same movies that you've seen. I've seen all of, all of those things. I was raised in children's church with the felt boards where Moses had half felt on it and the, story, the, the teacher was telling the story and Moses took a nosedive into the floor. You guys know what I'm talking about, the old felt boards? And, and, but, and, and I know the ending, so what, what happens lots of times when we know the ending, lots of times we skip out on re- really putting ourselves inside of that story. And what I want to do today, I want to put us in this story that we might be going through these same things. And just like we sang a while ago, I think it's very fitting. If God parted the Red Sea for them, how many of you know he'll part the Red Sea for us? I'm going to say that again. How many of y'all know if God parted the waters then and did a miracle then we still serve the God of wonders and miracles today that he can part a Red Sea whatever experience you're going through today and I believe this is going to build your faith and so what happened in this particular text here before we start diving into the scripture we know that God goes to this man named Abraham he takes him up on the hill and he said the land flowing with milk and honey that's going to be yours But how many of y'all know there's some steps that you got to go through before you get into the place where God has in store for you? Like if you just, if God gave you a dream and you went to that dream tomorrow, I promise you, you're not ready for the dream. Like you might get what you want, but you won't want what you just got. Are you hearing me? Like there's some things that you've got to go through. There's some challenges. There's some things that needs to stretch your faith for the place that you're supposed to be in. I promise you. Even coming into the place of senior pastorship in this church, there's times where I think to myself, I'm still not ready. But I'm so thankful for the seasons, and I look back of things and mountains and giants and, and lands that I had to conquer and people that I had to deal with and situations that got me ready for the place I am today. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If I would have got it too early, I wouldn't be ready. And so what happens is, is they find themselves in a place called Egypt where they're under oppression for many, many years under a Pharaoh. At one time, it started off as something sweet, but it turned into something terrible. And here, there, we, I just talked about Moses on Mother's Day of how he was raised in Pharaoh's courts, but he was also served the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And because of a course of events where he takes matters in his own hands, he has to flee for many years, 70 years. I don't know about you, I've never taken matters into my own hands, so I can't even, I don't know why they're laughing, but he goes off and and God comes to him in a burning bush experience, and the Bible says this, and and I love it, It, it's down to this, that God had had came to a place where uh, he had heard the last prayer that he wanted to hear, so God sent Moses. And so he begins them on this road to freedom. And 
we all know the song, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, oh baby. Okay, y'all don't know that song. I feel so sorry for you. It goes, Pharaoh, it has like hand motions and pelvic thrust and all kinds of stuff in the house of the Lord. Come on. And it's, it's a great song, but now that I think of it and I read the book of Exodus, it's a cute song, but nothing was cute about frogs. And nothing was cute about locusts. And nothing was cute about all the water turning into blood. And so people died, livestock died. And so he has this burning bush experience where he, he goes back and, and all of these plagues begin to happen. And finally, the last one of the Passover that we know about, he finally says, all right, you can go. And so the Bible says that when they go, they take all this treasure and all this stuff from the land of Egypt. How many of y'all know the song, when I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what belonged to me? And I'll just remind you of that. You may have been under oppression for some time. You may have been under attack by the enemy, but he's got to give back to you a hundredfold what was taken from you. Amen? And so that's what tells us about they, they, they leave the land of Egypt from a place of slavery, of being told what to do every single day of their life, to now they're at a place where they're headed to the, uh, to the land flown with milk and honey. But we read right here in verse 17 as they go on their way and they leave Pharaoh, finally lets him go. But it says in verse 17, so it happened when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines. Even though it was near, for God said the people might change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. But God led the people around by the way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea. The sons of Israel went up in battle array out of the land of Egypt. The first point that I want to make today, before they even get to the Red Sea, they go opposite direction of what God had called them to go to. How many of y'all have ever been in this place before? How many of y'all have heard the comment before? God's way is the best way. How many of y'all believe God's way truly is the best way? But can I tell you, it's not always going to be the most efficient and it's not always going to be the most convenient. Can I just be real honest with you this morning? God's way is the best way, but it's not going to be the shortest way. I mean, I've ever, I, I was thinking about this, uh, thinking of an illustration. One time, me and a buddy, a apprentice of mine, we were shooting in Dalhart, and his dad called, and he said, and it was north of town there, and he said, hey, you and these other guys, saddle some horses there and, and move, these, move these cows from this one trap to this other trap. And so he asked us after we got done chewing, he said, hey, hey would, would you move them down there? And the place where we move these cows... It was straight downhill. It was like, I felt like the man from Snowy River. Here I am in work boots on a horse that I'd never been on before. And we're trying to get this done. And I remember asking this guy, I said, hey, is this the best way to go? He goes, it's the shortest way. Well, you didn't answer my question. I remember the dad pulls up and we look over the horizon like maybe 100 yards and there's a gate and it's flat. It might've been the shortest way but it was not the best way. You know, we're such people of convenience that we don't want to change anything. I'm trying to make a point. In fact, I was talking to John about this last night. He was set up food truck. God bless all the food trucks. Glory to God. We frequent food trucks all the time. But I was talking to John and they were at the hospital last night and they were parked on the side of a parking lot. And I said, hey, have you done good? He said, not as good as we'd be if we were at the entrance. And he began to tell me when he was selling popcorn, kettle corn, amen, kettle corn, glory to God. Come see John after the service. 
you're welcome, John. Just go ahead and put a little more in the offering plate. I'm just gonna. <clears throat> but we're, he, he said this, when he would be uh, selling popcorn at Lowe's, if he was in the first two aisles of the entrance of the parking lot, it, he would sell 65% more than he would off of those two aisles. You know why? Because we're people of convenience. We can't take a few extra steps out of the way. But if it's right in front of our path, we'll do it. See, that's why people have a hard time in a relationship with God. Because we want convenience. We want convenience. We'd rather live in slavery than live in freedom because of convenience. Can I tell you, we live in a world today full of bums because they just want their life to be convenient. Can I tell you, you're going to have to get off the couch if you're going to be successful in your life. You're going to have to get out of the lazy boy if you're going to be, if you're going to be successful in your walk with Christ. You're going to have to get on your knees. You're going to have to go to work. You're going to have to read the word of God. You're going to have to do some things to get in his presence. And what I love about this text, how it starts off, yes, the ending is great, but in the beginning, it's a stretching. It's a pulling. How many of y'all know the best way is not always the easiest way? And you might be in a place right now where you're like, God, you told me that, that, that the land flowing with milk and honey is over here, but God wanted to send you out over here to meet this person, to stretch you, to get ready for this place. And then he wanted you to go up here, and then he wanted you to come down here, and then he wanted you to go over here. See, you're not ready for the land flowing with milk and honey. Your heart's not right. There's some things in you that need to be broken off of you. There's mindsets. There's attitudes. Are you hearing me? God's way is the best way. God's way is the best way. Someone needs to hear that this morning. God's way is the best way. You just stay in the will of God. You just stay in the place where God has in store for you. You stay hooked up in the church. You stay hooked up in his word. You may be going through a hard time right now, but God is moving you to the place of where the destination, a land flowing with milk and honey. Are you hearing me this morning? Like this may not be the, the dream home that you and your wife thought you would be living in, but God is preparing you. If you take care of that dream home that you have or, or, or that hoopty home that you're living in today, put some paint on the walls, fix some fixtures and take care of it like it's the dream home, I promise you the dream home is around the corner. Like it may be years down the road, but I'm telling you, if you don't take care of the things that God has in store for you today, you're not going to have the thing that you've dreamed of. Are you hearing me? Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. So then the story goes on. What I love in verse 21 and 22 here, don't you wish this, especially when you first start serving the Lord? I like, I read this like I never read it before. They have, they have uh, the Bible says as they begin to go out, the Lord began to lead them a cloud <laughs> along the way in a pillar of fire by night. And he gave them light so that they could travel by day and night. He did not withdraw the pillar of cloud by day nor by the pillar of fire by night. How many of y'all wish in situations like financial decisions where you know you looked it up on the app and you saw your, uh, your, your bank account and you see a pillar of fire? Wouldn't that be easy? Like in your marriage, you saw the pillar of fire. Actually, I've seen it before. That's just when she's really mad. <laughs> Come on. <clears throat> but I, I think, I'm thinking to myself, I've never had this before. And when I thought to myself this, that, I, the Lord said, no, my word is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. 
How many of y'all know we might look at them and say, hey, they had it easy, but you know what? Really, in all reality, God gave it to us easy because he even gave us instruction through the word of God to walk by faith and not by sight. So now, let's go ahead and jump into 14.1. I got a lot to share with you and not a lot of time to do it in. Are you ready? It says, now the Lord spoke to Moses. This is 14 verse 1. Now 14.2. Tell the sons of Israel, turn back in the camp in front of Pi. Haroth, between Migdal and the sea, you shall camp in front of Baal-Saphon, opposite it by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the Israelites, they are wandering aimlessly in the land the wilderness has shut them in. I will harden, make stubborn, defiant Pharaoh's heart so that we will pursue them and I will be glorified and honored through Pharaoh and all his army. And the Egyptians shall know without a doubt, without any doubt, and acknowledge that I am the Lord, and they did so. The first thing that I want to point out in verse, the first four, voice, for first four verses here is that God is speaking to Moses, not as not, God is not speaking to the million of Israelites. He's speaking to the man of impact, Moses, right here. And there's something that I saw in the scripture this time that I've never seen before, but God gives Moses zero strategy, but he does give all command based on a result of obedience. He said, it's not going to be on what your eyes can see, because how many of y'all know if you have a, a pillar of, or you have a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, it's going to hard for you to be walked by faith when it's out in front of you. Are you hearing me this morning? When things are easy... I'm telling you, you're not going to be walking by faith. So in this particular thing here, he tells him this. He, it's, it's, it's a command, and it's based on the result of obedience, not on what his eyes could see. Now let's go ahead and skip into verse 5, because I believe there's some good stuff here, 5 through 11. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his servants had a change of heart toward the people. And they said, what is it, what is this that we have done? We have let Israel go from serving us. So how many of you know you would be upset too when you realize that a million workers have left? Millions of workers. Free labor has left the country. How many of you know you're, you're going to rethink some things? Okay, maybe, maybe it's okay that my firstborn died. I need some people here to build some things for me. So Pharaoh <clears throat> harnessed horses to his his, warrior, his war chariots, and took his army with him. And he took 600 chosen war chariots and all the other war chariots of Egypt with fighting charioteers, I think that's how you say it, over all of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the Israelites, and they were leaving confidently and defiantly. Are you seeing this right here? So Pharaoh's heart is hardened. God calls an audible, and it happens. So now his heart is hardened, and he, he gets all the war chariots together. He gets all the Cadillacs, and he gets all the, uh, um, come on, Chevrolets and Fords and Dodges together. But he also, he gets all the hoopties as well. And they are pursuing after the Israelites. But the Bible says here that at this particular time in their walk, how many of y'all know there's a time in your walk with Christ where you walk confidently and defiantly? Where you walk with your chest bowed out high. If God be for me, then who in the world can be against me? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm more than a conqueror. 
And this is the place that they're at. But the Bible goes on to verse, verse 9, says this, the Egyptians chased them with all the horses and war chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen and his army, and they overtook them as they camped by the sea beside Pi-Harathon. Lord, forgive me. What did you say? Harahath. That'll work. In front of baal Safon. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and saw the Egyptian marching after them, and they were very frightened, so the Israelites cried out to the Lord. All right, they start, they, they, they start crawfishing here. Then they said to Moses, it is because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness. What is this that you have done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? I want to ask you the question, or I just want to point something out about this particular text. How many of y'all know this is life? I'm going to ask the question again. What we just read right here, they're walking confidently. Now all of a sudden they think they're free. They're walking in freedom. Nobody's going to be telling them what to do anymore. Nobody's going to be hanging over their head. They're not going to have to work anymore. And they're walking away. And on the horizon, here comes chariots and Pharaoh. Not just a few of them, but they are on the heels of them, hemming them in. I don't know about you, but how many of y'all have ever experienced something where you're doing what God had called you to do? You're being who God called you to be. You're hearing from God. You're going after it. You're chasing after it. I'm telling you, how many of y'all have ever experienced where the enemy comes up on the horizon of something that, that of a, maybe even a sin that you know you dealt with years ago, but he tries to bring it back? I mean, polish your halo if you want to, but it's happened to me. Uh, where you're right in the will of God. You're right there saying, there's been times before, in fact, I, I saw somebody this week and he says, the enemy will come to me in the craziest times. It's happened to me before in a very spiritual moment reading my Bible. I mean, like I said, you might, you know, brush your um, angel feathers right now, but can I just be very vulnerable with you? There's been times where I've been reading my Bible and the enemy tries to remind me of something that I've said something that I saw, something that I did years ago, something that I dealt with a long time ago. Can I tell you that the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but God comes to give, and give life more abundantly. I'm telling you, the enemy will do all that he can. When you're moving forward and you see something behind you, see, if I'm telling you, you might be saying, well, I've never experienced this. Well, can I tell you this? You may not be living by faith, and the enemy doesn't want anything about you. But when you're living by faith, the enemy wants to steal that seed from you. Come on, this ought to bring, bring, uh, build faith on the inside of somebody this morning. How many of y'all have ever been here before? Where it's up on the horizon looking you square in the face saying, hey, 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 remember this? You know what I've learned? It's easier to live in slavery than it is to live in the unpredictability of freedom. I've seen Christians do it a long time. I've, I've heard them talk about certain things that I see this. They would rather live in slavery than in the unpredictability of freedom. What did he do? He told Moses, I'm bringing them. See, lots of times we think this is about us. But as I read this text, maybe God's bringing the enemy up so he can drown them and take care of them. Are you hearing me this morning? Lots of times we get into this selfish place and say, why me? Ah. Oh, the story gets better. Verse 12, it says, is it all right if we just read the Bible this morning? Come on, how many of y'all know we're a Bible church? 
I don't want to be one of those skinny pant preachers that shares one scripture and nothing else. We're going to read the word of God today. Verse 12, it says, do we not say to you in Egypt, leave us alone? Here they go to whining. Let us serve the Egyptians for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. How many of y'all have ever, let's just be, go ahead and be honest. As I read, like I said, I said, Lord, give me eyes to see this particular text like I've never seen it before. You know what they were doing here? They were saying, God, life is was easier without you. Can I be honest with you? There's been times in my walk with Christ where I've thought to myself, if I was a lying cheat like so-and-so that doesn't serve God, maybe I would be ahead of the game. You may look at me disappointed, but I'm being honest. And this is exactly what they're feeling. Can I have some honesty this morning? How many of y'all have ever felt that before? Life would be a lot easier if it wasn't without you, Lord. Like, where's all the single women at? Is there any single women? All right. All right, if you're a single man, you should have taken a snapshot of this picture. That that was a test, okay? But I've, I've talked to them many times before when they're seeing wedding announcement after wedding announcement after wedding announcement of other single ladies, and they have, this mind and, uh, they have this mindset, they think to themselves, well, my friend that I work with, she found one at the club. She found one at the club, and she's living with him, and she's living her best life, and it looks good on Facebook, but I'm telling you, she's miserable on the inside. And what the enemy wants to do is come in, 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 come in like he does with a chariot when you made a decision years ago. You made a decision years ago, I'm going to live a life of purity, and I'm going to stand, I believe Hebrews chapter 6 where it says the marriage bed is undefiled, and I ain't going to sleep with nobody unless there is a ring on my finger and I have shared vows with that person. Are you hearing me? And it's so easy to look across Instagram and Facebook and social media and see all these people that you see on the outside that think they're happy, and you think to yourself, I would be just as happy of them if I didn't follow the rules. Or if I didn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm here to tell you that is a lie from the pit of hell. And if you don't stay true, I'm telling you, you stick to it. Because they're about to get drowned up in a sea somewhere. But you've got to stay faithful. You've got to stay faithful. Come on, I'm going to say it again, church. You will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. You've got to stay faithful. You can't give in to the world. We may, not, uh, we may be in this world, but we are not of this world. Are you seeing how they're feeling this way? Life would be so much easier. If, it would be so much better without God. I'm telling you, that is a lie from the pit of hell. Are you guys getting something out of this this morning? Then it goes on, verse 13. It says, then Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Oh, I feel like slicking my hair back and standing on a chair when I say this. Are you ready? Do not be afraid. Come on, if you want to shout this morning because this is a great scripture. Do not be afraid. Come on, I want to tell America today, do not be afraid. I want to tell you, single mom, do not be afraid. I want to tell you that's that's facing financial uproar, do not be afraid. Come on. It says, take your stand and see the salvation of the Lord. 
which he will accomplish for you today. For those Egyptians whom you have have seen today, you will never see again. Isn't that good? It says the Lord will fight for you while you keep silent and remain calm. Like I wanna make a big mural of this and put it in the hallway right here in front of my office to remind myself of this. The Lord's gonna fight for me today. Amen. Oh, this is so good. Then we get to 15. The Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Isn't that something? Moses, I mean, he, you know why? Because he heard from God. Verses one through four, he heard from God. This is easy for him to say. And he begins to preach to the people. And I don't think, you know, the Lord says, why do you cry to me? What he said was not wrong. Because he wanted peace on the inside of their heart, but he also went on the outside, wanted them to fulfill their purpose. Are you hearing me? And so in that some, well, yeah, he, he, he says, the Lord will fight for you. And the God says, why do you cry to me? Tell the sons of Israel to move forward. Oh, man. When I read that this time, I'm sorry, but I thought of so many of y'all. Call me judgmental, but I thought of so many people in the body of Christ. See, because what happens is we stand still when we need to move forward. Let me explain. We have a new driver in the home, Addison Bennett. Yay! And she's a great driver. But when I was first teaching her how to drive, you know what she wanted to, she fell in the same mistake that all of us did? She said, I have two feet. I got a right pedal and a left pedal. Why don't I just use the left one for the left one and the right one for the right one? And when I saw her do that the first time, I freaked out like all of you would too. Don't do that. Do not. I I mean, I had a cousin, my cousin Randall, he drove that way. I don't know if you remember that, Aunt Donna. And it freaked me out because I tried that before. You know what happened? I spun. When you slam on the brakes, when you freak out and you press on both, you spin. When you need to stop and the car goes to jerking, right? And if you're driving a hoopty, really, a hoopty chariot, it's going to fall apart. See, there's lots of times when we're, what I'm saying is, is when we have this going on, you're just going to sit there and turn circles. But when you have this, you go, and when you have this, you stop. And what I'm saying is there's people that are stopped that need to be going and there's people going that need to be stopped. And God said this, I've already made a way when there seems to be no way. I've already opened the door. I've already done some things. See, there's some of you out there, I'm waiting for God to move inside of my marriage. I'm that man, I, I can see him right now. God, I'm just waiting for you to move inside of her heart. Well, why don't you move now too? And you put buttons on your shirt, cologne on your neck, shave your face if you're into that, comb your hair, set up a date, and call your wife and say, hey, I want to take you out this Friday night. So you're waiting for God to do something in them, and you have your foot on the brake when God said, hey, I've already opened the door, but you've got to go through it. Are you hearing me? I'm just waiting for this door to open up financially. Well, listen, you're going to wait a long time on the couch. No, I'm serious. I can't wait to talk to the whole internet. Second service. Lazy people in America today. 
I'm telling you, they're waiting for a door to be opened up when God said, I have already opened a door. You've got to go through it. What I love about this is Moses has a staff in his hand. How many of y'all know it would be a whole lot better if he had like two ARs in his hand, but he has a staff. But you know what? As I thought about this, he may have had a staff, but he had something even more powerful than that. He had a mouth to speak. He had a mouth to speak. And I'm here to tell some people today, you're talking about, hey, uh, you, you're just like that. You're, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to be dismayed. And you have your foot on the gas when it comes to, to your kids. I, I just need them to come back. I need them to come back. But when you talk to them, you talk about all the things that they're doing wrong. And see, how about you declare this? They'll live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. Why don't you speak life into their life? Speak those things that aren't as though they were. Are you hearing me? I love this because I love, in fact, I know I've preached that before in some kind of youth service before where I've just screamed that, don't be afraid, with veins popping out of my neck. But if you read on, God says, why are you crying out to me? I'm here to tell some people this morning, you've been crying out to the Lord and he's saying this, why are you crying out to me? I've already opened the door. You've got to go through it. You've got to put your hand to the plow. You've got to go to work. You've got to love, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Somebody getting something? It goes on, verse 16. It says, as for you, lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it so that the sons of Israel may go through the middle of the sea on dry land. You know what I love about this? Moses didn't know the end. Think of how crazy this is. Lift up your staff. You know, when I thought about this, I don't know the end either. So what will I do? What are the things that God's called you to do to step out in faith? And you think it's crazy. I promise you it's not more crazy than holding up a staff thinking that the, the water will part. As for me, hear this, I will harden the hearts of Egyptians and they will go in after them and I will be glorified and honored through Pharaoh and all this army and his war chariots and his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know and acknowledge that I am the Lord when I am glorified and honored through Pharaoh, through his war chariots and his charioteers. Verse 19. You see that the Lord keeps saying that, that I would be glorified. You know what glory means? In a nutshell, it means weight. It means weight. And so I was thinking about this. The Lord said, I would be glorified. And with weight comes pressure. And in order for the Lord to be glorified... There had to be pressure on the people. And I just want to stir the faith of somebody in here this morning. You may be going through some pressure, but get ready for the glory of God. Are you hearing me? Verse 20, verse 19. The angel of God who had been going in front of the camp of Israel moved and went behind them. 
The pillar of cloud moved in front of them, from in front, and stood behind them. I'm coming to a close. So it came between the camp of Egypt and the camp of Israel. It was a cloud along the darkness, but it gave light by night. So one did not come near the other all night. You know, I'm sure that the people thought this since there was a cloud by day and fire by night. That when it left, I'm sure they thought to themselves this, well, it's gone. He disappeared. But what I love about the text, how many of y'all have ever been walking out and it's been real easy in the beginning of something that God asked you to do? Maybe it's like you, you, God put something in your heart, maybe a number to give for the year. And, it, and at the beginning, it was real easy because the money was there. And it was like you saw the cloud by day and the, the, uh, and the fire by night. And it was, you could see it out in front of you. And so it was easy to do. But there, was, there came a time when it wasn't there and you had to step out in faith. We walk by faith and not by... See, they thought he had disappeared. And I felt like I came this morning to tell somebody, you felt like God has disappeared. Can I tell you, there's been times in my walk with Christ where I've said, Lord, where are you? Pastor, have you ever gone through those times before where you're like, God, I heard your voice even two weeks ago, but where are you? Where are you? Can I tell you, we'll, we'll be very vulnerable and tell you there's been times in our lives where I've read the word of God and I just felt like I was going through a dry place. But you know what? This encouraged me and it's not like, and maybe there is times in those life where there's sin in your life, or those, those, but there's been times where I know that my heart is right. But when I read this this time, I thought to myself, it wasn't that he disappeared. How I many of you know his presence will go before you? His presence will go beside you. And in this particular case, his presence will go behind me. And I believe the Lord wanted me to tell somebody this. You may be having a hard time walking out in faith because it's not ahead of you and it's not easy, but God has gone behind you and he is setting up your enemies to fail and be drowned into a sea. God wanted me to tell somebody this morning that God has your back. You keep pressing forward. Come on, how many of y'all need to hear that this morning? That God has my back. God has my back. He has my back. And see, when this helps you live by faith when God has your back. Oh, I love it. Goes on. Can we just go ahead and read the rest of the story? Let's stand to our feet this morning. It says in verse 22, the Israelites went into the middle of the sea on dry ground. And the waters formed a wall on them, on the right hand and on the left. Then the Egyptians pursued them into the middle of the sea, even all of Pharaoh's horses, his war chariots, and his charioteers. So it happened at the early morning watch that the Lord looked down on the army of the Egyptians through a pillar of fire and a cloud and put them in the state of confusion. Can I tell you, it doesn't matter how much the enemy has an advantage. It doesn't matter that it looks like this marriage is going to end in divorce. It doesn't matter that your finances look like it's bankruptcy. If God, let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Come on, it doesn't matter if it looks like they have the advantage. Can I tell you, we serve a God that already made a way. We serve a God that's already the advantage. He made their chariot wheels hard to turn and the chariots, uh, chariots difficult to drive. So the Egyptians said, let us free from, flee from Israel for the Lord is fighting for them against the Egyptians. 
Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may come back over the Egyptians on their war chariots and their charioteers. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the sea returned to its normal flow at sunrise and the Egyptians retreated right into it. So the Lord overthrew the Egyptians and tossed them in the middle of the sea. Come on in this awesome. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the charioteers and all the army of Pharaoh and had gone into the sea after them. Not even one of them survived, but the Israelites walked on dry ground in the middle of the sea and the waters formed a wall to them on the right and on the left. The Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashores. When Israel saw the great power which the Lord had used against the Egyptians, they feared the Lord and they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. How many of y'all know this is a story of impact? This is a person of impact. I want to tell somebody this morning. If you're on your way to freedom and you're under attack. If you're on your way to freedom and you're under attack, let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Like I feel like I'm talking to somebody this morning that I'm telling you, there's some of y'all in here that I promise you I have read the book of your life of where you are right now. I hope this built somebody's faith today. I hope something stirred up in the inside of them not to give up, but to keep moving forward. Like you, if you're in here today and you say, you know what, I've questioned God. But I've also been sitting still. I've seen the enemy up on the horizon. I mean, things that I felt like I dealt with 10 years ago and he's still breathing down my neck. I'm telling you, this word is for somebody today that you've got to keep pressing on, that you may not see that pillar, pillar, that cloud, that, that fire out in front of you, but you need to be reminded that God before you, then who in the world can be against you? It doesn't mean that he's not there anymore. That means he's gotten behind you. And the whole story was set up, not for the people, but for the enemy to be drowned. Like you may be going through some things and I don't understand why I'm going through this, but can you be relieved today that the enemy will be drowned. Come on, that the enemy will be drowned. If you have eye closed, every head bowed with every eye closed. I just want to remind somebody, if he did it for them, he will do it for you. If he did it for them, he'll do it for you. Come on, lift your hand. You say, you know what? My faith's been weakened, but I needed to hear this today. Come on, lift your hand. Lift your hand. God, right now in Jesus' name, under the sound of my voice, I pray for these that have their hands raised. They're dealing with people. They're dealing with circumstances. They're dealing with facts of things that have been said and spoken. But God, I pray right now that the glory of God be magnified. They may be be going through weight. They may be going through pressure. But God, as we read this story this morning, I pray that faith arises on the inside of them. That if God be for them, then who in the world can be against them? Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. The horse and the rider thrown into the sea. And so God, right now in Jesus' name, I pray that you move mountains. That you're putting people in the right place at the right time. 
that you're directing steps, that you're going before them. You're going beside them and you're going behind them. Oh, Lord, I pray, God, right now, if they've given up on that dream, if they've given up of what they need to pursue, I pray, God, right now, faith to rise up in the inside of them to keep pushing, pushing forward, moving on. Oh, I declare it. Carry on in Jesus' name. Carry on. I speak over you. Carry on in Jesus' name. If you're in here today and you say, Pastor, I don't know Jesus as my Lord and personal Savior. I've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of my life. If you're in here and you say, you know what? There's sin in my life. I've separated myself from the Lord. There's actions in my life where I've separated myself from Him. The Bible says repent. If you're in here and you say, you know what? I need to repent. I've been going this direction of the world, but I need to about face and say, God, forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. This is called salvation. He saved you. If you're out in here and there's sin in your life and you need to get things right with God, maybe you're in here and you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life. You've never confessed those sins to Him. The Bible says that He'll forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. As far as the east is from the west, He'll forgive you. There's no person in your life that can forgive you like Jesus already did. But you've got to ask Him. It doesn't matter if you have a family member that was saved. It doesn't matter that your parents are saved. What matters is that you prayed the sinner's prayer and you asked Jesus to come live on the inside of you. Admit that you're a sinner. Believe that he died, he was buried, and on the third day he rose again. He'd come live on the inside of you. And the third thing is this, confess him as your Lord. If you're out there and you say, if I died today, I don't know if heaven is my home or hell is my home. If you question that, you need to pray this prayer with me. So I'm gonna ask you, if there's anybody out there, you say, you know what, pastor? I'm away from God. I need to ask Jesus to come live on the inside of me. Number two, there's sin in your life. You need to repent and put it under the blood. I'm praying for two people today. If that's you, I want you to be bold. Just lift your hand and say, you know what, Pastor, that's me. I need to pray that prayer of salvation. Is there anybody? Just lift your hand. All right, I don't see anybody. Amen. Everybody look at me. Carry on. Amen. Carry on. If you're going to be a person of impact, people of impact, you've got to keep fighting. He'll make a way when there seems to be no way. Amen? Amen. Are you thankful you came to church today? Thanks for joining us. We want to thank all of you who give to our ministries here at AOL Church. It's because of you that all of this is possible. You can give now by clicking the link below. And if you haven't already, subscribe and share this message. It helps us reach more people and share the gospel through you. Be sure to stay connected to us through our Church Center app, our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and follow us on social media like Facebook and Instagram. May the Lord bless you and keep you. His face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. Thanks again for listening. Go and make a difference today.